The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Hey everybody, it's just me on my own today, um, but you're in for a treat. We are going to do a bit of an amateur hour hour um, and talk to Christopher Lynch from East Perth. He's the president of East Perth, so we'll have him on to talk about their season. Um, and we'll also have Luke Thompson on to talk about Kingsley Westside's amateurs who've been promoted to the Amateur Premier League for 2024. Um, and their amateur reserves also have a cup final um, on the weekend as well. So we'll do that. And we'll also get a chance to have a chat with Mark Wingle. Um, to talk about the Subiaco Curtain game. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a terrific game. I've got some stats which I'll read out to you now, courtesy of the always fantastic Squared Ball and um, Emma Smith. Yeah, we touched on it on a little bit. Sorry, Tommy and I touched on it a little bit on the um, Patreon show, which you can listen at our Patreon site. Um, where Subi had quite a bit of the ball, and the stats backed that up. They had close to seventy percent of the ball. Um, they they were lacking in that like cut and thrust in terms of getting shots off um, and putting effective pressure on the keeper. Um, and the stats kind of backed it up as well. What was also really interesting um, from the stats is uh, they, they talked about, Emma talks about how often Subi um, kind of, <laughs> Emma talks about how often Curtin got into really good position centrally, but then ended up opting out of taking a shot from a centre position and pushing the ball out wide. Um, and Subi were very happy to do that because when the ball went out wide and the crosses came in, um, nine times out of ten, it was won by one of their big centre-halves who just gobbled it all up. Um, so, yeah, they only had nine shots in the game. They had a lot of the ball. They stayed in. When they got in central areas, they didn't quite want to play and, and shoot in those areas. Um, it's funnily enough that um, Emma and the message that she sends through talks about how they try to just tap it in. Something that was also very interesting was how direct Subi were when they got the ball. And I think that's just the counterattacking nature of football. Um, they broke forward quite often and they they ended up having a 70% um, like f passing forward rate. So that means that 70% of their passes were direct and going forward. Um, and she says that like they weren't anywhere near as successful, like they weren't more successful, sorry, than Curtin, but they just had way more attempts and that's just if you have more attempt, probably going to score more goals as well. But yeah, thank you so much, Emma, for the stats. If you want to listen to more of an analysis of the game, Tommy and I did break that down and we broke down Fremantle's game. That is on our Patreon. You can find links on our Facebook page to that. Um, and we also have a little special. Uh, Tommy Dolman was down at the State Futsal Centre I keep saying futsal, the state football centre. I say the futsal centre because I work at the football centre and we play futsal there. Um, but yeah, uh, the state football centre where he caught up and saw the 
Goldfield State team take on Perth Glory men's and Perth Glory women's, and he has a wrap-up of that right now. Hi, everybody. Tommy here. Just a quick voice note to go through events at the State Football Centre on Sunday night where Glory's men and women did a double over their Goldfields WA State team opponents. I suppose, first of all, worth just congratulating both sets of State team squads for being selected to represent the WA side. Hopefully it's something which remains as part of the football calendar on a regular basis. The doubleheader itself was pretty well attended over the course of the day. It was a good chance for Glory fans to see some of their new signings on both the men's and women's side. A chance also for Glory to play and have a little bit of a hit out in their pre-season. And also good recognition too for the local players at NPL level to represent the state team. In terms of the games themselves, both kind of panned out in opposite fashion. The women's game ended 4-0 in favour of Glory with the sensational Sophia Sakala's free kick opening the scoring. Before Millie Farrow, the new English striker who's played in the WSL, scored a confidence-boosting first-half hat-trick and gave Glory fans some real encouragement that they may have a real goal-getter in their ranks for the 23-24 season. WA's best chances came in the first half when Judy Connolly struck the post and in the second period when Reina Kagami forced Morgan Aquino into a flying save. But the damage was done in the first half with no additional scoring in the second period. And we saw some local players such as Ella Lincoln, Olivia Wood, Misha Anderson, and Clara Harrell, to name a few, wear the purple and white shirt later in that second half and get a chance to impress while still being on a trial basis. The second game was the complete opposite, really. It was a real stalemate, pretty turgid affair, played at a fairly leisurely place, Throughout, it was nil-nil all the way up until about the 78th, 79th minute mark, and then three goals in the final 11 minutes. Got the job done for glory. Two goals for David Williams, obviously a striker who's re-signed again for another year with the club, so good for him to get off the mark early doors. And there was also a debut goal for Antonis Martis as well, the player who has come across from the Eastern States, former Australian under-16s captain. And he made a pretty tidy cameo in the midfield and looks as though He's going to be a useful player in the squad this season. But it was a pretty convincing day on the whole for Glory. A double in both the men's and the women's A-League sides against their WA state team counterparts. And it capped a pretty good weekend at the State Football Centre. Well attended on both days, obviously, including that promotion evening on Saturday. So that's pretty much a quick synopsis. Back to you, Kalichi. All right, uh, Perth Football Podcast, Kalichio Sunwa, we are doing a quick wrap-up of the interdivisional playoff game. Um, we did do a bit of a wrap-up of the Joondalup and uh, Fremantle game, which you can listen to on our Patreon. But right now, um, we tried to get him on last week, but I couldn't get the timings correct, but we've got him on this week to talk about the fixture just gone between Subiaco and Curtin. Uh, Mark Wingle, Mark, how are you keeping him Are you keeping well? Yeah, very well. Uh, more relieved than, than well, I'd say. So, uh, yeah, no, enjoyable last couple of days. I'm a Tottenham fan as well. I have been since I was eight years old. So, you know, Subiaco and Spurs, we're flying. It's a terrific time for you then, mate. How good is it to see an Aussie coaching the team that you love, mate? And they're playing really oh, good football. You know what? I, I was born in England and obviously my dream always was to play in an FA Cup final for Tottenham uh, from an eight-year-old boy. But... It's almost come full circle now because obviously I came to Australia, played for Australia, and now one of our own, Ange Postacoglu, is coaching my uh, my my club that I supported as a kid and obviously to this day. So uh, it's 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 superb, and the way he coaches, the way he goes about his business is is um, you know second to none. 
It's inspirational for all of us, mate. But uh, speaking of someone who's been taking care of business and the way that they've been coaching is second to none as yourself, um, we'll go we'll go straight into that game. I've I've got some stats in front of me in terms of how Subiaco had almost seventy percent. Sorry. Uh, about how Curtin had almost 70% of the ball. But you don't need the ball when you've got two goals, do you? No, look, um, the information we we sort of looked at, uh, Jamie Darcy and, and my brother Dale, you know, and myself, we, we saw it the last couple of games that they played, understand what they're about. Um, and we just sorted our game plan around that. We said they, they were good. They liked to play those short passes and all that. Probably... If, if we're talking about the game specifically on the weekend, um, you know, we we wanted to press, but it's important that you have time to be able to do that and work with the players we did. And if we're a little bit late, they played their triangles nicely. They were nice, neat, a uh, side curtain, you know, seemed to be well drilled. You could see what they're doing, but we just dropped our defensive line in the second half, probably five yards, 10 yards deeper, and all the players in front of us. And I didn't think in the second half they really penetrated uh, uh, with that possession, it was more sideways and backwards sort of stuff. It never, it never really affected us. And we'll go into that Subi side. It's been obviously a pretty interesting year for yourself. So you came in after they had a, a bad run of form and kind of took over. And at a stage there, you were looking at completely avoiding the playoff picture, but you let uh, you let a pretty good lead slip in, in that last game. But look, what, what's it been like joining Subi and, and, and taking things over in the lead up to this to that game? Well, look, I have to be honest with you, um, uh, through a couple of mutual sort of acquaintances in um, Eddie Yurich and Branka Yelich, I've sort of had communication with them for the last few years and um, I've always taught football and uh, and they've always asked advice on, on certain things and that. And, uh, you know, so I'm not someone who really keeps contact with a lot of people in football outside of really close mates. So, um, but there are a couple of guys that um, obviously I, I have kept in contact. And, you know, I always kept an ear out for their, their, um, their results and that. Uh, I mean, when I was at Perth, Subiaco, the last time they were in the NPL, done us a huge favour at Perth when they got a result and allowed us to win a league title. Yeah, so they've always had a soft spot for them, huh? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Subiaco um, thought we invited all the players and that to come down for a drink the day we won the league. So we were all there and drinking. So, you know, um, yeah, look, I came in there, I think, like I said, I think it was eight games on the bounce that they'd lost. Um, it was after the transfer window, so we couldn't actually get in fresh blood or new players. Um, I had to bring in a couple of guys with me, and obviously my brother Dale and, and Jamie Darcy, um, uh, because the fact of the matter was they had a squad of about 24, 25 players. Um, players weren't really going back down to the reserves to play. They were actually just missing out totally, so therefore... Those players that were missing out weren't match fit. Um, they had a few injuries. Uh, that I think the captain was one of them and just coming back and he probably wasn't at full fitness. So there was a lot of things in the puzzle that we had to sort of put together quickly uh, and find solutions to, to sort of get our way of thinking um, uh, moving and, and hopefully working in a positive manner for CBFK. 
And you, you mentioned about finding fresh blood. You, you ended up finding someone in your reserve squad who'd scored quite a few goals and you promoted them up to the first team and he proved to be absolutely clutch in, in, in the likes of Caleb Morrison. Like, what was what was that like what, when you just turned up there and you realised that this person wasn't playing first team? Or what was the instruction that you that you thought that you could get out of him um, that you saw in the reserves? Yeah. Look, uh, what happened was, uh, to be fair, in, in the initial week or two that I was there, there was a lot of conversation with uh, Branka Jelic um, because he'd been there throughout the whole year. He, he, he obviously can identify a bit of quality as well there. So I spoke to him. I spoke to uh, Vinnie Kapoor, who's the reserve coach. Um, but to be fair, initially, there wasn't a lot of conversation, probably more uh, as, as far as what really there was there because... Um, uh, like I say, there was a squad of 25 players in the first team. The reserves had probably another 20. Jeez. Uh, so there was there was these huge amount of players in two pools, uh, first team and reserves, that some of these boys weren't playing games and weren't having game time. So what we ended up doing, I, I would go there the first week or so, watch half of the under-18s games, watch the whole reserve game, and obviously then be involved with the first team. I've done that for a couple of weeks, saw some interesting players there, um, and eventually, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, in that final game yesterday, or oh, Saturday that we played, we actually had two of the under-18s, or one under-18, sorry, that had played the last two or three games for me, sitting on the bench. I had two uh, reserve players and three reserve players that predominantly, like I say, played reserves that actually played in the first team for me as well. Um, so... Yeah, uh, you know, 35% of the side was made up with 18s and reserve players that never actually, before I got there, Played first got a sniff in the first team. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, and I enjoy that. I, I've said it quite openly, even when I was at Perth. I enjoy working with young talent, provided it is good enough. I'll, I'll give them the opportunity. Whereas some people will shy away from that and go with experience. I'm not that way. I don't really care how old you are. It's how good you are. So uh, I love enough, I love that it works. Enough, right? I love that it works the other way around because next to Caleb was probably one of the oldest players in the league, and Gavin Knight. Oh, correct. And you know what? Um, he got a job done. Even, yeah, even with Gavin. Gavin, I came in. I was pretty honest with him uh, and up front. And you know, he he was part of. He was uh, the old the old uh, manager's uh, assistant in Michael. You know. And normally, if I'm honest with you, I don't really want the remnants of, of the old regime hanging around there. Mm. But So I was pretty honest and upfront with Gavin, told him what exactly I want from him and expect from him. He's a senior player. He's been in the, in this, uh, in the first division now for a little bit of time. So he understands how it all works. And you know what? If I'm honest with you, he was top-notch. You know, he was, he was good. Communication was great. Uh, there was a couple of games where I, I was honest with him and said, look, you're not going to start this game or, you know, I need your experience coming off the bench and all that. And, yeah, never never a problem, never a crossword. Um, he took up the challenge and does what he, he does in, in scoring goals and, and you know, guiding a youngster like Caleb there. So, yeah, look, he, he, was, uh, he was paramount to, to the way we finished the season. Well, you, you finished the season... 
Um, and you mentioned earlier that it was a lot of relief. But what does next year kind of now look like? Again, it's a couple of days after the season's finished, but knowing coaches, knowing players, knowing clubs like Subi, knowing yourself as someone who's into the detail, who loves coaching, um, assuming you're going to have a preseason, you're going to be able to look at players that you know, you've been wanting to work with or who'd be keen to work with you. What does the goal look like for Subi next year? Are you looking at it as a chance to consolidate? Or you going? I don't know. I don't know what the goal for Subiaco is next year because I haven't made a decision on anything yet with Subiaco. So, um, to be fair, I'm actually probably uh, like I said to him after Saturday. I'm probably going to have a week off, not worry about football or think about football. Maybe watch some football on TV. Watch some Spurs. Um, uh, yeah, and that's about it. So yeah, I'll have this week off, obviously, and and you know what. I'll be honest with you. Obviously, Subiaco um, uh, would like me to stay with them, uh, and you know what? It, it's it's the normal story, you know. Uh, to be fair, the last ten weeks working with the boys there, they're superb boys, great boys. Um, they they try their best. Um, they're honest. Um, you know, the president Drew, his wife. Uh, superb um, do really a lot of work behind the scenes um, Branko Jelic Adi Juric as well there with the, the juniors they've got great junior teams you know from what I can see the 12s 13s 14s 15s 16s play a certain style always in the finals always playing against the MPL sides in the finals the 18s at Subiaco and the reserves won their respective leagues this year. So the two respective coaches done a great job there. Um, but what would it mean? What would it mean if, if Subiaco got relegated? It'd probably mean nothing, you know, all the glory, all the, 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 um, the, the development, all the money that's invested in that junior side of things. If we'd there. got relegated, if we'd got relegated, you could probably take, you know, I don't know how much a kid gets charged in fees. I'd say probably a thousand bucks. You could take, you know, a good core and, and do the sums, a big chunk of money out of Subiaco. So people might say, oh, it's a first division. And it's just, no, but, you know, there was a bit of pressure there. Mm. Like I said to you, I came there on eight games on the on, that they hadn't won a game. Um, we went there. Uh, with uh, and we try to do the best thing we done we could do in the most professional manner. Um, so yeah, as far as next year, the picture goes. Next year, look, we're we're going to have a week off, relax. Obviously, Subiaco will be one of the first sides I, I speak to. I've got to talk to a couple more. Um, but at this stage, you know, I'm not someone who. who says this thing and says that thing. And, you know, I've been straight with Subiaco. If everything, if the planets align um, and and everything is good, then, you know, then I'd like to think that we can do something there. But it, it's it's more than just Mark Mark Wingle wanting to do that. It's got to be the Subiaco uh, people there at the club. It's got to be the community there. It's got to be the governments, the shires. You know, it's mm. it's got to be a lot of it's a lot of work there. Not that it can't be done. Of course, it can be done, but um, everyone's got to be on the same page. 
And look, it's been it's been quite an interesting year for yourself personally. Um, obviously, season ended on a high, um, and like you said, with the relief, but probably not the way you thought the season would end when the season started, right? No, look, uh, obviously, I was at Perth Soccer Club. Uh, you know, I've been there since 2016, been part of a very uh, productive and uh, and um, enjoyable time. Uh, a winning, a winning time as well, a winning time. Yeah, no, don't forget to say that. Time. Yeah, with, with Ramon, I fell on. So, you know, had a lot of success there, um, done some good work. You know, especially in the early years, 2016, 17, 18, uh, more so in that period time there, you know, weren't, wasn't a club that was spending money on players, big money on players, had a good fruitful bunch of young players within the club that, that um, you know, definitely punched above their weight as far as what they were achieving on the pitch. And, um, you know, you know, some of the... the the boys probably felt they weren't getting the recognition that they needed uh, there. But we, we always, uh, I know from my point of view, I can only talk from my point of view, always want the best for the player. Mm. You know, I was one and no matter that I go into coaching, I remember what it is to be a player um, and, and how you need to feel and how you need to be treated. And gone are the days, even now we can say, Oh yeah, but this, that, no, it's a different era. It's a different way. Um, you have to you have to roll with the with the way society works now, um, and you have to be understanding to all these other things. But you still need to get your um, your way across in the way you play football. And and you know what people need to be appreciated, especially when they win things. Mm. They need to feel good about themselves. You know, um, and 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 maybe that was a not quite there, you know, for for the Perth boys. And yeah, look, that's where I started at the beginning of this year. Um, it was a roller coaster ride, um, you know, for for what I've probably uh, put through at Perth, not only as a player but as a coach. I don't think there's many players that have won as much as I have there. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it was very disappointing the way everything was handled and, and done. Probably not the way I would. I would think it should have been, but you know, every, you know, from my point, there's no sour grapes. You know, one one door closes, another one opens. Um, football's football, and we try to do the best, try to improve people, uh, try to make them feel good about themselves, and and try to win. You know. Well, mate, you you mentioned about being a player, and are you uh, going to be down at the Morley Nines again this year? I can try to try to keep up with you, despite being half your age. <laughs> you know I'm not half your age. I'm a th- <laughs> if you were, if, well, I'm, 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 I'm bloody old. I'll tell you that much. I, I'm not half your age. Oh, look, I'm 50 this year, so um, or in a, in a few weeks actually. So, look, um, yeah, I, I, th- I know, I know when my time's up, and my time is well and truly up. Um, I might have a flag down the sideline. Or, but not the not playing, I don't think. But look, you know what? Like I say, the best time in your life is actually playing the game. Yeah. There's no replica for that. Yeah. Doesn't mean even even coaching. When you coach and you win, like I said to you before, it's it's some people say it's enjoyable. It's more of a relief. <laughs> it's a relief. 
it's a relief for the work you've done. Uh, uh, and you're just delighted you for the players as well, right? Pardon? And you're just delighted for the players as well. Yeah, and that's it. You know, I, uh, I love winning. It's it's the first three letters in my surname. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know that that's 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 what I enjoy. And um, you know, and I want to work with good people. I want to work with knowledgeable people. I want I want people around me to not only push me, but I'll push them. Um, I want to be diligent in in homework that I want to do as far as opposition goes. I want to be diligent in the way my team plays, um, you know, and I want to make sure that, that the players that are involved, you know, are all on board, take the good with the bad, because you don't win anything with 11 players. You win it with, you know, 18, 16, whatever it is, mm. with a squad of players and a, a physio, a team manager, you know, a, an assistant coach. It takes you, a community you, and a village. Yeah, it takes a group. It takes a group of people all pulling in the same direction. And that's the key. Everyone needs to be pulling in the same direction. And um, if that doesn't happen, that's when problems occur. Well, look, Mark, I really appreciate it. That's some terrific words of wisdom. We're going to cut now to an interview that I had with um, Gavin Knight and with Caleb Morrison uh, following the game. But just want to say thank you so much, um, for coming on. Um, hopefully we have you on again later on to, to talk a little bit more about football. Um, and hopefully, yeah, we'll see you on the sidelines next year as well. Thanks, Cal. All the best. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Perth Hall Podcast, Gletcher Sunwa, State Football Centre. We've just finished the interdivisional playoff game for Division 1, Division 2. Um, speaking here with Subi match winner Caleb um, Morrison and the old stager himself, Gav Knight. Gav, we'll start with you, mate. Talk to us about the game. How important was it to get the result today? Oh, massive. The game was a massive game for the club. Uh, there's a lot at stake if we went down, uh, but we always felt positive from the uh, first game in the playoffs. Uh, we believed in ourselves, and yeah, it's a great to get three out of the way and uh, we're still staying in Division 1. And look, you've, you've been in some crucial big-time games, beat in the Sunday League, beat in the MPL, beat in Division 1. Um, what's a different kind of feel that this kind of game brings? Because obviously you're coming into it and you've got something to lose, but they've got something to gain. What, what was that feeling like or did you not even like consider that at all? Didn't consider it at all. It's just a, a game to me. Um, just I know there's a lot of pressure on the club and the team players, uh, but to me, I just went out and played my normal game. I think everyone else did and uh, they believed in themselves. But, yeah, it's fantastic. And um, obviously Mark's come in midway through the season. What's the change that it's kind of brought? Because we're looking at the last first first eight games winless. There was, a, there was a streak where there wasn't a win in eight games. Then you've won three in the last eight. And to be fair, you should have won the last one of the season where you were up considerably, but it, it didn't work out that way. What's the difference that he's brought into the team? Oh, he's brought a lot of confidence in the team. And he believes in a lot of players. And he's uh, actually bringing youth in, which is good. And uh, at the start of the year, we didn't maybe bring enough youth in. Uh, uh, but the last uh, end of the season, he started being new from Caleb this season. He's been fantastic. Uh, he's been probably our best player the second half of the season by far, and it's uh, a great asset for uh, Subiaco. We'll speak to the man right now, Caleb. What an incredible story. Tommy Donnell was telling me earlier that you were playing reserves earlier in the year and banging the goals in. Then you come in and you play uh, first team, and it's, I think, seven goals in, in four or five games, mate. What's what's that been like for you? Uh, you know, it's just been another 
game. I've started off in the reserves and it was kind of just a warm up, just get a feel for the, the men's side. I've been with Subiaco since under 13. So. Jeez, so you're Subi boy through and through. Subi boy, loyal, and I'll be here for the fall and the rise of Subi. So getting promoted to the first team's been great and, you know, it's a great opportunity and I guess I've made the most of it. And look, and, and talk us talk us through the game and talk us through the goal because the intensity of your running, you've heard a lot of running for the guy next to you as well, mate, but the intensity of it, and you had quite a few chances there as well. Talk us through the first goal. Uh, first goal, just absolutely burnt him. <laughs> on me. But, you know, I should have capitalised on the other two, would have had three, but, you know, overall, won the game 2-0, happy for the boys, and it's a good win. Well, look, guys, I'll let you go celebrate. Thank you so much. Congrats on staying up. I'm looking forward to watching you more, and, and look, if you ever get sick and tired of Subi, mate, you can come to North Perth and we'll look after you as well. We need yeah, goal scorers. I'll see, I'll see. Yeah. I might be available next year. Yeah! I'm just waiting for Bonnie to sponsor yeah. me for some WD-40. We'll get you some WD-40 and something for my knees as well. For my own massage. Take care, mate. Cheers. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. All right, and joining us for this uh, Amateur Hour special uh, is East Perth FC President, uh, I want to call you Crunchy, but I'll be respectful and go right from the start, Chris. Um, Chris Chris Lynch, Chris, mate, how, how are you doing? You're keeping well? Hi, Clizzy. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk with you about football, you know. Um, happy, to help, happy to be on the show again. Um, yeah, look, keeping well. Um, dust has sort of settled on yesterday. Um, probably just not just yesterday, but the weekend. Yeah. Um, bit disappointed, but it is what it is. Look, um, one team had to lose, and unfortunately, it was us um, yesterday. Even though the league table shows we're level on points, goal difference, they just scored more goals. So look, congrats to Emerald on on a fantastic year. They've done really well. Um, we had a very slow start and <clears throat> new team this year and took us a while to get going but when we got it going um, we're very proud of what we've done in the second half of the season Mate, you mentioned one team has to lose and that's not necessarily true uh, 11 teams didn't win the league this year um, yeah, and, well. and, and my, my, my team is one of them and I think, <laughs> I, think, I think it goes to show just how hard it is to win a league season, right? This has been the tightest amateur Premier League I have ever seen, um, from the top and the bottom as well. With with relegation basically decided, I think it was, yeah, relegation decided on the weekend as well. On the weekend, um, yeah. And you know, so so it isn't it isn't simply just a case of it being something that was let slip or anything like that. If, if, if any team let it slip, we could make the argument that North Perth let it slip and we were at top of the league with three games to go and everything in our hands. But um, I, say, I say all that to say, what a crazy season it was. We tried to get some of the Emerald lads in, but I got sent a picture of a pint and I was like, you know what? <laughs> fair, fair enough. I can, I can imagine that you guys are busy, but mate, give us... Uh, we won't dwell on it too much because there's so many amazing things that has happened this season for East Perth and, and and you're still going to be well there's still 
uh, a fixture that is supposed to that is scheduled to take place. I'll say it that way. There's a fixture yes. that is scheduled to take place, um, and that could determine whether you're playing amateur Premier League next year or playing in um, State League Div Two, which will be an incredible achievement as a club. Um, but yeah, so. Just for people who don't know, uh, Emerald and East Perth were locked on 44 points with a game to go. Um, Emerald had to play Jags, um, who were in fifth place, and um, East Perth had to travel to Bunbury to play Southwest Phoenix. Now, traditionally speaking, you'd have both games played on the same day, but I think at a a scheduling conflict, um, you guys had all your accommodation and everything else booked because obviously it's the last game of the season, so that game was played on a a Saturday night. Um, So you couldn't have the two teams play at the same time, which would have made it even more intense. I don't know how anyone would have been able to cope um, in that situation. And uh, East Perth got the win on Saturday night 4-1. And Emerald knew that they needed to win 4-1 as well because both teams were locked with the same goal difference. But um, Emerald had scored more goals. So they were basically ahead on goals scored. And it, it transpired that way, mate. So what, what was it like? Because I, I can assume that you and a bunch of people actually went down to the Emerald game. Or did you stay at home and just try to like do a peaceful thing and zen out and not get involved because you couldn't control anything? Oh, look, so <clears throat> I think um, back to uh, the very start of our um, question there, uh, the league has, yeah, it wasn't just us that lost it, um, yourselves, North Perth. It's been a, been a fantastic year for um, Sunday Prem. I think it's been one of the most competitive leagues, um, league seasons yet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was actually talking to Damien, the president of Emerald, and he said, yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see um, yeah. a competition that's going to finish the way it has finished, you know. Um, usually one team would hit by a point or something, you know, and um, just this year's been crazy. Even at the bottom end, um, Quinana winning on the last day and Jinnop getting the win away to um, North Beach. Um, it's just been a crazy, crazy year, which has been very competitive. Um, we've lost to uh, North Beach first game and then a couple of her results which we think and then we've improved massively um so yeah look big up to um everyone in the sunday prem um great league and great um promotion for that for that division this year um <clears throat> speaking about the weekend past yeah we went down to bombay long weekend um brought everyone down unfortunately um Bombay couldn't uh field the resi so the reserves ended up winning um that league on thursday night um which is good it sort of took away the, the enjoyment of it you know we didn't get to play a game to finish up but um look our guys are thrilled to win the mm. the resi league it's um it's a very good achievement and something that we were aiming for at the start of the year so yeah um Obviously, delighted with that. Um, come the game on Saturday, yeah, it was crazy. We could feel the pressure. Yeah. Um, and they scored early as well. <laughs> yeah, so we're going out and everyone's saying, we had reports, um, WA Sunday League, and all our, all our people saying, oh, he's perfect, need to go down and rack up a big score. But... um. As you know, football's not like that. Um, you can't go out and coach a team to win 5-6-0. No. And we learned that last year, last day of the season, um, against North Perth. Um, we are going out and we needed to win. Obviously, a lot of pressure that day. And it 
we didn't get the win. Maddington won eight one, so we lost the league last day of the season again too. So yeah, look, it's just crazy competitive. But um, that first half was um, we could feel the pressure and went out, started started pretty well, and Southwest just scored um, very good goal, uh, well taken. And then from that moment on, for the rest of the half, we had lads arguing and just weren't playing as a team, you know. Um, but luckily, missed a penalty. Um, good penalty, just hit the outside of the post, so nothing was going right. I think the the big change in that game was when we scored just before half time. Mm. I think it was a big blow for Southwest. If they had got the half time, they would have had a bit more confidence. But um, full credit to the lads who went out second half and um, just really imposed themselves on the game. Started doing the simple things right, started playing as a team. And yeah, look, could have scored more goals, but um, I think the Southwest keeper played really, really well. Apparently he put um, off a, a blinding save in the last minute of the game. He did, yeah. A header straight. Good header. Um, he just, he was a very good keeper. Got a good save. Um, could have added another goal. But look, <clears throat> that's football. Um, if you had a set at the start of the game, we'd go down and win 4-1, we would have took it, no problem. It's three goals, you know. Um, so, yeah. And, and like you said, the main thing is winning the game. 100%. So that's one thing that we learned last year. Um, as I said, we were playing North Perth, and um, I think lads sort of focused on, can we score goals? And this year it was, can we get the win first? I'm worried about that. And I think that was a massive difference in um, getting the win down there instead of trying to get goals, goals, goals. Um, I think it was, um, yeah, big difference in just going out and play your football, let the football do the, the talking. So, yeah, that was good. As for yesterday, <coughs> I um, I was the only East Perth player down at, um, East Perth person down at Emerald's Ground. So um, what we done was, we have a very good relationship with Emerald, and um, I just felt out of respect it was best if we didn't bring everyone down to the game. So um, North Perth gives the view, and we set it up. All our lads went to our sponsor's pub and just watched it live. So I was just on my own, set up the view, watched the game, and, um, yeah, look, it was... Um, Can I just say that is an incredible, like, show of respect it is it is a it is a rivalry don't let anyone tell you otherwise uh as a north perth player i don't want to see east perth win stuff i don't want to see emerald win stuff as well but the amount of respect that they have and the fact that you guys would have put your hand up and said listen out of respect we won't be there we there's no need to to be there to put the pressure in there or anything like that that is such a that mate that's just kudos kudos to yourself kudos to the three clubs because i don't think a lot of a lot of clubs would have done that no, and look, um, I have a very good relationship with um, <clears throat> yourself, uh, FLA, president of North Perth. Um, a very good time. We've always been competitive. I don't think there's ever been something that bad blood or red cards as such. Um, Shout out to Niall. Well, <laughs> that's popped <laughs> under my head as soon as I said it, but yeah. <laughs> But look, but you're you're right. It's played. always been respectful. It's always been. It's respectful. always been respectful, yeah. And it's been a tough battle. There's never been no nastiness between us. We'll shake our hands at the end of the game, um, and the same with Emerald. I have a very good relationship. I'm, 
as you know more than better than anyone, Kel, um, we started off in the Hub League with Emerald 10 years ago. Hmm. Um, and we both came off through the leagues together. So anytime we've played, we've, we've just done, we've just battled hard and showed each other respect and moved up. No, no silly business, no nonsense. Um, as I said, I, I just thought it was, out of respect, um, it was best to keep um, everyone away from their game and we could just gather together and have a couple of drinks and watch the live stream. Um, I, as I said, I was the only one there uh, from East Perth and when Jack scored, I let out a big scream uh. and everyone looked at me and I had to put my hands up and just apologise. But it was like, you know, the heat of the moment. They can't, they can't, they can't get mad at you for screaming then, man. I like, no one can get mad at you for screaming then. Um, and likewise, when Emerald scored with six, seven minutes to go, the Emerald lads were jumping up and celebrating and a couple of them were fist pumps at me and they sort of just looked and said, is it? Look, they just turned all our way and celebrated together. And I was like, yeah, that's, no, it is respect. And um, a lot of time for all the lads. I know they meant very well, Fergal. Um, yeah, look, massive respect for them. Fergal's um, an absolute legend Even when the well. final whistle came, I, did, I went over and congratulated the whole team and, um, Look, it is what it is. It's football. So um, we're all out to um, do well. They try and win. Um, but, yeah, you have to have respect there too. But, look, it, it, aside from that, it has been an incredible year for East Perth. Your um, newly established women's team made the semifinal and won the league. Your reserve team won the league. And now you're playing, well, you were scheduled again. You were scheduled to play uh, a fixture that could see you guys go up to the State League, mate. Talk, talk to us about that. Talk to us about that that season in general and just what that all means for East Perth. Oh, look, it's been a massive, massive year for us. Um, I've been working very hard um, the past year to get ourselves a, a new ground, um, which I secured through Wannery Council. And um, look, just having that, opened up the club. We were able to add teams, started the women's team, which um, it's just an idea with the Women's World Cup and um, being an Irish club, I just wanted to give the ladies a, a platform to play on, to mingle, to come, when people come across to Australia, to um, have a group and support each other. Mm. Um, I didn't know what to expect to start off with. And um, I was very surprised first night, there was 27 women there. And, the stand, and you could tell there was people who could play. So I was very happy and just to create that bond with them and the team spirit they have within the first year was just amazing. Um, <clears throat> Cup semi-final, couldn't have, couldn't have dreamt of that. Um, I think we're a bit unlucky to lose it to It was Sorrento. such a tight game as well. It was very tight. Couldn't fault the effort of the players. And although they were disappointed, they were sort of glad they put on a performance and went out fighting and people sort of seen them and they were like, wow, they can play. So yeah, they, I think they, they got a lot of respect from, uh, <clears throat> from that as we were the lowest ranked team left in the competition. Um, so yeah, they're very happy with that, um, with the performance and how they've gelled as a group and looking forward to next year already with them. Um, as for the league, got off to a bit of a slow start, but, once we kicked in the gear, I think um, we went undefeated for seven, eight games. Um, <clears throat> winning seven, eight games in a row. Um, played Woodville, who was top at their place, and came away with a 1-0 win. 
And uh, yeah, we just pushed on then and it was great to win the league last game of the season. So yeah, very, very happy with that. Um, yeah, so brilliant, brilliant year round, brilliant year all round. Um, as for the reserves, I think with the first team, the quality, there's a lot of reserve players here, ex-first team players. Mate, um, I saw that reserve team and I was like, wasn't, weren't these guys trying to win the amateur Premier League last year and got very, very close? It was ridiculous, the quality in that as, reserve as, team. As you know, yeah, we had um, the likes of Oscar Kelly, Stephen Henry, Keenan Cohen, Joe Dooley. Um, <laughs> you've, just Luca. Re- you've just read it off some like big time names there. <laughs> yeah, and they were all delighted just to be playing ball and just to be at the club and compete, you know. And when them lads are in training, we train together as a group and it pushes everyone else on and the quality is, is set at a high standard. So um, I wasn't surprised to see the reserves where they were. Um, I think they were very strong. Um, I think Wembley and South Perth and even North Perth and Emerald, the top five, five very, very strong reserve teams. So um, I think Stuart Tierney's done a great job there and um, he's seen out the league in his first year there. And um, yeah, hopefully we can build on that. But yeah, the, the biggest the biggest one is, is uh, I think it's this scheduled for this weekend. You're going to be so playing I, at the, is, is, that, is that all sorted out? Is that confirmed? So I can, so it's not actually, um, I haven't received the email yet, but look, I was at the Emerald game yesterday and a member of Marty Wimbles approached me and he did come up and say, look, I just want to let you know um, we are going to field the team. So I'm pretty certain that that game will go ahead. Awesome. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So what what I did say is for the integrity of the playoff final, he says, we, we just want to field. He goes, don't know what type of team we have, but we want to um, put in put in a team and just make it competitive. So, yeah, big up to them. For, they didn't have to do that after the troubles they've had all year. So look, we've got. Um, I just hope they've been training day. for the last seven weeks, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so look, I, I don't know. I don't know who to, what's going to happen, but to um, grab a team together just to compete for something, yeah, fair play. Um, they could have just said nothing. Um, sort of. No, look, I think, I think, yeah, I think, so, I think, in, in their situation, I think any club would be trying to use as many lifelines as possible, and if that means that you're finding players who have not been registered this year, who love Morley Windmills, who want to back Morley Windmills, and who want to compete and keep them in the um, state league, then that's that's terrific, and and could, good luck to them and kudos to them. But mate, just just just. Did you ever think, right, that East Perth would be playing a game to go into the state league, and you would be playing at a world class facility to do so? Did you ever no, like? So did that ever ever cross your mind? Did you ever dream <laughs> of that, mate? Not at all. Um, uh, all year we we're sort of focused on on the league, um, putting in good performances. You know, um, I think um, yeah, it was tough to take that loss yesterday, um, but. We've got a final to look forward to now on Sunday mm. in the state centre, which is it's going to be a great day for for the club. Also, um, it sounds like we'll play Saturday football. Um, so yeah, look, you're going to you're going to paint who, that entire stadium green as well. I I have no I hope doubt so. About yeah, it, <laughs> I hope so. Look, um, I think Emerald lads are going to be out. Um, their resis are playing in the final against Kingsley. Um, Wembley's playing. Um, 
sorry, uh, Perth AFC as well. Perth, Perth AFC. So look, there's a couple of Irish lads at Wembley. Obviously, Emerald. I'm sure they'll be um, rooting us on and hoping we um, we do leave them alone and, they, they and never have to play them again. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think they'd be happy to see the back of us um, for a while. Um, they can concentrate on on the, on their uh, season ahead. But um, yeah, look, as I said, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to um, playing out in this for my lads to play out in the state centre. I think it's a um, great opportunity. Lads be playing their whole careers and don't get a chance to play in a facility like that. So yeah, really looking forward to it, and hopefully um, we can get the result and uh, push on and um, yeah. Go Saturdays and hopefully do well there. Well, look, mate, I am uh, rooting for you guys. I uh, not f- because I don't want to play you guys ever again in the amateur Premier League because I'm retired now. But um, <laughs> it's just the the story of it is exactly is exactly why we kind of do this podcast. It's a club who, through a vision of Neil Hookway, got together in the Hub Football League and have stayed together and have built and developed and grown and we, we see the vision we see the ambition we know that the amount of hard work I don't think everybody knows the amount of hard work that it takes to put something like this into reality yeah, and make yeah. it's 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 great when you see it come together and it's great when you see it come together from a perspective of community because it isn't just you're not just a pub team you're you're a team of really good players good infrastructure good facilities you've got a women's program that's there you've got a young like you're you're starting to do the i don't know if it's it's bambinos in italian i'm not too sure what it is in gaelic when you're talking about the really really young kids but you've got all these things that are put in place that that makes it feel like you're really here invested in the community and and the it's it's just good for the fabric of football in wa mate so wish you all the best hope you guys get the result um hope it's a great 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 day great spectacle as well yeah, thank you very much, Clizzy. As you said, yeah, look, the youth is the big thing for us. That's something we're going to push on for now, um, starting um, junior programs. And again, it's all, it's all about, for us, it's about creating a community, a safe space, and um, basically a home away from home for people who do come out here. Look, we are an Irish club, but we're not um, specifically aiming just for that. We've we have Emil, who's from Sweden. We have a couple of Scottish lads, English lads. and you got a Mauritian as well. we got a Mauritian and obviously lots of Australians, especially in the women's team. Um, so, yeah, look, just because we, um, we're an Irish Heritage Club, it doesn't mean that we're, we're just close to that. We want to make football in the community for everyone um, and hopefully start approaching the schools and stuff and getting getting them on board with us in the, in the local area. So, yeah, look, Delighted to be um, where we're at after 10 years, but the hard work's still still going and we're looking to keep pushing and push as much as we can. Crunch, honestly, appreciate it. Wish you all the best, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much for having me, Clizzy. Been a pleasure as always. All good, mate. You take care. Yeah, you too. And we're back uh, with the special amateur edition or full amateur hour actually of the Perth Football Podcast. Um, we've got a familiar voice, uh, Luke Thompson, who is joining us, uh, but now he's no longer at, uh, obviously no longer at MMFC, but he's now part of Kingsley Westside and part of the coaching team there of the successful um, first division side that's been promoted back to the amateur prems. Tomo, how are you, mate? You keeping well? I'm doing well, thanks, Cal. Um, thanks for having me on. And first off, mate, congratulations yourself. 
Um, big weekend for you, and obviously announcing your retirement, mate. And, oh, uh, mate. For everything you've done for football, mate, we much appreciate it. It's a shame to see you go, but hopefully you're still around the grounds doing what you do best. Oh, mate, I'll be doing a lot more of this because it doesn't hurt my knees or my heel or my hamstring or my glute anywhere near as much as playing does right now. Why didn't you tell me... pocket for all those cards, mate. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fine jar. The fine jar will mean that my wallet is a lot is a lot heavier uh, without all these fines <laughs> on the bookends. But why didn't you tell me about getting old and how like everything hurts? Why didn't you tell me that? Oh man, because otherwise you'd never you'd you'd never keep playing, mate. You never go around again. <laughs> I can barely move these days. I'm not even playing myself. So I don't know how you played keeper for those many years, mate. On that one, like you had one dodgy leg where, like, the first kick would be huge and get past halfway, and then it just slowly get worse. I think you pay me too much credit saying the first one got past halfway, but we'll, I'll take it. Um, but look, talk to us about about the season so far. Well, the season ahead, really. Um, <laughs> Talk to us about the season just gone. Uh, it's just gone. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty great result um, for Kingsley Westside because that is such a competitive Division One, and it's not one that's easy to get out of. Yeah, I mean that was the goal we set ourselves at the start of the season was promotion um, above everything else, and if we could manage to get anything else such as a title or anything extra um, bonus, but yeah, definitely was to get back to the Premier League. I know Ben, who I coach with, that was his big thing uh, that he wanted, really wanted to do because when, obviously, Kingsley went up to the uh, State League was to get the amateur team back to the Premier League and we've done that. So, happy days. And what was the, um, like, what was the big catalyst for it? I'm looking at it now and you've had quite a lot of goals scored um, and, yeah, and um, a decent goal difference got, there as well. Yeah, we've got... Um, we like to have the ball, so I guess we like to play with the ball. And the more you have the ball, the more correct opportunities you create. And to be fair, we needed to create quite a few to to, uh, to put, put them in the net because uh, we were probably probably that was the thing that probably let us down a little bit was taking our chances um, when we create them. But that's if the boys were taking all those chances, they wouldn't be playing amateurs anymore. So they'd be playing a much higher level <laughs> if they could be uh, that efficient. And mate, like but yeah. There's, there's a few players who are part of that side that were part of the amateur setup the last time they were in the Prem as well. Yeah, quite a few. Most of them uh, were with Ben when the, uh, playing back amateur resis when Kingsley were in the Prem back then. You know, I think they won three or four titles in a row as the resis side. Um, so, they've, yeah, they, they've been there and had a go at the State League as well. So we've got a really good group, which makes it really easy to, to coach and try and get success because they've been together for so long. So there's not much you have to do differently because they know how each other plays. I think that's one of the key catalysts there is it just breeds such a good culture when you've got so oh, many players who've, I mean, been, who've, been, who've been through the trenches with each other, who've been back and forth with it and who kind of understand what the club is all about. I can say that about the club from head to toe. Um, I'm sure if you speak to Brady, he'll he'll say say the same thing. Like players and people keep coming back because of the group it is. I mean, I I left there for the opportunity at Mum, and then when that when that stopped, I went straight back, just because of the the group, the culture, the, the club, everything about it. Um, the, the success this year is something else. I think what the state league got promoted, the state league resis won their league, state league 18s came down to the last day. Uh, we got promoted. Our resis won the league and are in the cup final next week. The Masters are in the cup final. So that's, what, six 
out of nine senior teams all fighting for silverware. So, no, can't, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's six out of nine senior teams fighting for silverware. I, do you know how rare that is? Yeah, it, it's, it's unheard of. And I think everyone at the club sort of pinching themselves about it. Um, but that's credit from the board down and Dimmer and his group. Like He's been there since the start with the amateur side going up and that's something I think Dimmer does wonderfully well is just creates a wonderful change room and people don't want to leave. Um, and that sort of, and that flows down. I know uh, that's a big focus for Ben and myself. Um, after, if we win a few games in a row, we always take the lads out for dinner uh, just to try and keep that camaraderie and um, keep that team. Cause that, if you get the change room going well, I think everything else sort of takes care of itself. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the other thing that you kind of, alluded to is when you do have that good club culture that's when the wins kind of come because um, you, you can't just build a team or build a club to just say we're winners because then you 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 let all sorts of people join your club you end up being a little bit like Manchester United where you're doing all the worst things and the name of winning but when it's hey we're going to build something here we're going to build it properly then the results come right yeah, hundred percent. Like you've got to, you've got to have all the infrastructure in place, and you've got to have the group. And uh, famously, like was it the no dickhead policy? Yep. You don't let them in, and then it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, so then you can keep that positive vibes, and if someone rocks the boat, they're very quickly gone. Um, but look, moving and thinking about the game on the weekend, you mentioned it. It's a cup final. It's a chance to do the double, um, and they're playing last year's cup winners as well. Yeah, I think uh, uh, they're playing Emerald. Who I'm not sure how they went in the Premier League. Actually, I know they were right up there in the in the um, in the Resies competition. Um, but our, I know our boys and Ryan and Lee, who coach the Resies, are really keen to give it a go because I think uh, Emerald knocked them out last year on penalties on the on uh, on the way through. Yeah. So you know, nothing like a little bit of revenge along the way. But now they're really looking forward to it, and they've worked really hard and. They won their Resi's League by quite a lot of points. So they've, they've shown and they've beaten Premier League teams to get to the final along the way. So it's um, they thoroughly deserve their opportunity. No, it's it's such a good it's such a good squad, um, that Emerald side. They, as I said, they won the Cup last year. They won the League and the Cup last year as well. So the fact that, um, that your boys are looking at doing the exact same thing the year on, that's just credit to it. And I'm, I'm so excited to... Now that I don't have to play against all these teams, but I'm so excited to cover the Amateur Premier League a little bit more next year and think about the fact that Maccabi has joined the league and that you guys have joined the league and I don't think you guys are going to be looking at trying to avoid relegation. Uh, no, that's never the plan. You go out to um, have success. Um, I think, uh, so I don't mind saying it now, so myself and Ben are stepping away at the end of this season So and Brad Haywood's going to come on and take the team forward next year into the Premier League. Um, so I'm sure he's very excited to have that opportunity because it's such a strong league. Like you saw how they went down to the last game with Emerald yourselves, uh, East Perth, uh, Kelm's got not far off either, all fighting. It's just such a competitive competition and that's what makes a great, a great league and makes it exciting when anyone can beat anyone on the given day. Yeah, man, it's, I'm, I'm so, so excited to watch it. And Brad, Brad's a good coach. He's, um, what, ex-Junilup United, Junilup City? Correct, yeah. He did um, State League Resi's first and then went up and did the first team. I think he's had a year or two off and, yeah, he's keen to come back. How do you guys keep getting away with this? Just getting good people at the club. How, what do you like? <laughs> how do you keep doing it? 
Well, as I said, well, Brad comes down and watches games and um, and just sees what it's all about as well. And obviously, we've coached against Brad many times, and we've always had you know ding dong battles with him. And as you say, good lad. And we like when myself and Ben knew early what we were moving, we were moving on, and um, so we just we made sure the club was in a position where they could get someone good to uh, to take it on because we don't like we love the club. We don't want to leave them in the lurch. It's not like it was a last minute decision. Um, it was just so they could do the right thing by them to move forward. No, mate, I appreciate you guys doing that. I think it's probably the best way to do it, and that just keeps the, con- the succession plan um, in a really good way. Um, before I let you go, I'm not sure if we asked you this, but um, Snatch, Goodwill Hunting, or what was the last one, the one that no one picked? Saving Private Ryan. Oh, mate, definitely Snatch. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Shawnee. But it's, yeah. it's just a fun movie. It's just a fun oh, man, movie. I, I actually watched it the other day. <laughs> uh, you, listening to you guys, it actually reminded me of it. So I actually put it back, went and put it back on. It's just like that that scene, right, where he's just like Desert Eagle 2.0 and then the camera pans into the gun and it goes... It's it's just such like my it, it reminds me of watching it with my little brother for the first time and him just pissing himself laughing when that happens and I'm like how do you not this is just a fun movie how do you not just want to watch this all the time oh, I, I must admit I love all those uh, English gangster movies that Guy Ritchie does of Lock Stock and um, the Gentleman and oh, they're Lay, all brilliant Layer all Cake fun. Rock and Roller yes yeah. that one too yeah. yeah. They're the ones. We've got taste. Josh, we've got taste. That's just all I've got to say, Josh. We've got taste. Um, but, Tom, oh, mate, I will uh, look, appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm sure I'll see you down there on um, on Sunday for the Cup Final Day as well. I know that you guys are bringing down a bus, which plans might have got ruined yes, with are, a different yeah. kickoff time potentially. But that's for another podcast for another day. Yeah, that's <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, before I go, mate, I'd just like to congratulate Josh as well because obviously his is the team that beat us to the uh, to the trophy. They were an unbelievable side this year and they had the most consistency. Um, I think consistency is really what gets you titles and that's what Maccabi had this season. They never dropped off in any game and they were worthy winners. So congratulations, Josh, mate. I know he celebrated it well, so mm. that was good. We played them pr- twice in the preseason and, yeah, they kept the ball probably – more than any other team has kept the ball against us this year. Um, and they were all young guys who, who'd like to run. So they're, again, it's going to be such a great addition to the league next year. So, mate, kudos to you. Congrats to Maccabi as well. And, yeah, see you on Sunday, big fella. Cheers. Thanks, Cal. Cheers, thanks mate. for having me. No worries, mate. You take care. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the pod. It is the last pod of the year. Um, we are all done and dusted now so just want to say a massive thank you for all of the listens um, by the time you listen to this we would have passed 20,000 downloads um, which is incredible to think of uh, we had 10,000 downloads a couple weeks into this year um, so the fact that we ended up getting another 10,000 before the season is even over is just incredible um, thank you so much for the support that you've had um, for all the kind words and the not so kind words uh, Mr. Montgomery um, but yeah we really really appreciate it um, we're just glad to be able to talk about the players um, talk about the communities that we've got here we really believe in the game really believe in the power of the game we really believe in 
the communities that we have, the quality of the players, the quality of our of our sport and our brand. Um, and if you've been enjoying it, yeah, keep keep being there and, and helping us and supporting us. We've got some really cool ideas for next season. Um, we are about to also release our Player of the Year awards. So we've had votes come through and oh, what a tight title race for the men's and the women's uh, for Footballer of the Year. It was a lot closer for the men's than it was last year where Schmerl Schmickel just ran away with it. So that'll be coming up, coming out shortly. So ahoy hoy, we're going to need to get some images done that way. Um, but yeah, and I cannot stress and thank Max Zorgan enough. I cannot thank uh, Betim Zeba enough. I cannot thank um, Sam Giddies enough. I cannot thank Josh Chiat enough. I cannot thank Tommy Dolman enough. I cannot thank my uh, good friend, uh, my best friend actually, Sean, Sean Fry enough, um, and my family who allow me to continually neglect them for 10 to 9 months of the year um, on Mondays and on the weekends as well. So yeah, thank you all so much. Hopefully you've really enjoyed it, um, and hopefully we get to have you listen to us more next year with some cool stuff. Uh, take care, look after yourselves, be careful, and be kind as usual. <laughs>